You're listening to the Teaching Matters podcast, brought to you by the University of Edinburgh and part of the Teaching Matters blog. Teaching Matters brings together students and staff in conversation, debate, and celebration of learning and teaching in higher education. Feel free to share your comments with us, either directly on the blog or email us at teachingmatters at ed.ac.uk. You can listen and subscribe to the Teaching Matters podcast at Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and music is provided by Hook Sounds. It's been about a year since the University of Edinburgh moved first to digital and then later to hybrid. One of the ways COVID changed teaching and learning has been in the ways that academic staff assess and give feedback to students. Assessment had to change because the spatial relationship between staff and students had to change. So how did this change manifest? Thinking about the sort of summative assessment, I guess the the, the obvious thing that's changed is that exams have moved into online. Professor Judy Hardy is the Dean of Learning and Teaching in the College of Science and Engineering. And in moving exams to online, they have de facto become open book. And interestingly, I often hear people talk about these these two things together, but in my mind, there's something that, that can and probably should be split. Nevertheless, we've moved to online open book exams is one, um, is the biggest change. But there were other changes. And in this episode of the Teaching Matters podcast, we examine how the various changes to assessment and feedback have impacted the staff and student experience. But before we get to that, let's find out about what else has changed. There's been a move in, in some, most but not all schools have increased the the percentage of coursework um, in line with actually what, what, what we were asked to think about. And that's been done though in different ways. So at the one end, at the one end of the scale, actually, we, we, there, that's not happened everywhere. But then it's happened either by replacing exams or in other cases by increasing the percentage of the marks that are available as coursework. So that's the other, that's the other thing that's changed. And I guess the final thing to say in terms of assessments is there are a small number of assessments for us, things around related to labs, things around fieldwork, where there is a requirement to demonstrate a, 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 a practical skill of some sort, uh, which haven't been possible to transition online. Um, not that much, actually, and those, those will need to be dealt with in, in future years. Most of these changes were new to staff but some were extensions of pre-COVID curriculum transformation projects that were all about rethinking assessment. Take open book online exams, for example. The goal of open book exams is to shift the onus of responsibility onto students. They're the ones who must track down answers and page through online notes. So is this a good idea? Well, proponents argue that unlike traditional online exams, which measure memorization and recall, The focus of open book online exams is to focus on assessing students' achievement of the learning outcomes. So what was the impact of this change on staff and students? Professor Hardy again. I think, and I mean there will be exceptions of course, but as a generality, I think most staff have been very pleasantly surprised at the move to open book exams. It's been well received by students, has been well received by staff. And there's been a sense also, which is the thing that actually encourages me more than anything, that students have, have 
are studying in order to understand the material rather than studying for the test um, with open book exams. That, I think, is, is a really positive step. And I think we've probably been pushed to take a much bigger step. We were taking steps that way anyway, to be honest, uh, collectively, but they were much more tentative. And I think this is, I hope this has given people the confidence that mm. this is a, a very good direction of travel. Open book online exams had a largely beneficial outcome for students and staff. But what about coursework? Those carefully designed, small-scale, independent projects that can take a variety of forms. Pre-COVID, students at UK universities reported to prefer being assessed by coursework or by a mixture of coursework and examinations rather than simply examinations alone. And there has been a significant increase in the use of coursework for assessment over the last 40 years. The switch to more coursework is an interesting one. I think, again, the generality, the general view is, yes, it's had some benefits, and particularly in this, in this remote di um, digital environment, it's helped, it has, I think, helped maintain engagement and it's, it's helped provide feedback, for example, through regular low stakes assessments, these types of things. But there have been some unintended consequences that I think are more problematic. One is student workload. There's a feeling, or, or students have been reporting a feeling of being pressured and, over, and overwhelmed sometimes by the volume and weighting of coursework. Uh, when it becomes more important, there is more of it to do. As I sometimes trot out, if if all the assessment was across the 11 weeks of study and you were doing 60 credits, that's 600 hours of study over 11 weeks, which is about 55 hours a week. You know, that, that would be the expectation. OK, so that's a nominal time. So that's something to bear in mind. But if you move coursework deadlines into the exam period and if students have exams as well, that becomes problematic for a different reason. So there's a real tension there, actually. Student time management is another one. Students can, and, and I mean, I, I understand why this happens, but they can spend a lot of time on coursework that more than perhaps we would expect or, or require. And I think there's probably more work needs to be done there about setting what we would expect, what would be expected, and to make informed decisions about how to use their time, I think would be helpful. The other thing I would say, which is unintended but is problematic, there is no question that marking coursework is more time consuming than marking exams. We know from historically that actually that there's a there's a concern of a is is this is this time well spent? You know, are are, are the written comments that were that are being provided, is this the best way to provide this sort of feedback? While there are clearly considerable benefits to coursework, even outside a pandemic and a move to digital or hybrid, there were questions about the value of coursework in relation to available resources. And this brings us to a key junction in the discussion of assessment. Students and staff don't engage in assessment and feedback in a vacuum. They're but one of many touch points in a network of wraparound educational and personal experiences for students. I want to say the immersive experience of being a student and being part of the university, being part of a programme, part of your your school. Dr Neil Lent is a lecturer in learning and teaching at the Institute for Academic Development at the University of Edinburgh. If we step up one level from individual assessments to measure the experience at the course level, what's been the impact there for students? 
I was doing a focus group yesterday, actually, with some students in another school, and they were talking about a particular course, and that's gone like totally digital. There was a sense, I think, that obviously they ha they hadn't done the face to face old version because they're doing it this year, but it sounded like it worked really well for them. They found it seemed to find it fulfilling. They they certainly had a sense that they were learning. So you kind of wonder, actually, maybe this course is better now than it was before. We also asked Professor Hardy what she thought the impact had been at the course level. It's a difficult one to answer, in part because the answers may be different for individual courses and for, if you like, students' academic life at university. So, for example, one thing that that's, this is this is what I hear from from sort of my students, if you like, is is a feeling at the moment that they're working in isolation. So, uh, so I think someone said to me, "I feel I'm at the only student at university," and that is much easier through the informal sense that you get when you're working alongside people. That sense of collective endeavour, I think, is much easier in person. You may not necessarily even be working with someone. It's being in the library with other students who are working on you know, this, this academic endeavour. It's being in rooms with people. It may be group work. But that doesn't mean that not all online work is, you know, we should, we should tear it all up and put it away. It doesn't mean that. But there has to be a balance, I think. And so I think it's quite difficult to think of these things in isolation. I mean, I, I, colleagues have told me that, for example, that some online group work has worked very well. Often these things work well over actually also quite practical things like it's easier to meet up because it requires less organisation and planning and, it, and people have freer timetables actually as well which helps but it may also be to do with the way that people are, interact and that can be easier online and that's fantastic and that we should of course learn from that that doesn't mean that we should move all group work online though because conversely I can think of many situations where what we we've got We'll often call it the TA at your shoulder position, where you really want someone to come and look at what you're doing. And it might be a TA, it might be a member of staff, it might be someone you're working with. And that's kind of hard to do online, particularly for courses with a more mathematical content, where the online technology or the tools that students have at their disposal may not be up to the task of the, the sort of mathematical based um, work that they'll typically be doing and, and that's still done to a large extent on paper. Both Professor Hardy and Dr Lent think there's an important lesson for academic staff in examining how digital, hybrid and face-to-face -face create a shared academic endeavour for students. It surfaces the invisible design work of higher education. I, I, I wonder sometimes with a standard sort of face-to-face -face program because it's historically what universities do and I don't think it's, it's just us but we kind of just assume that the belongingness the community just happens whereas when you're designing digital stuff from scrap you you're probably consciously thinking about how you create and maintain a sense of community and belongingness because it's not the default way. Measuring the effectiveness of changes to assessment such as the move to open book online exams or increasing the percentage or weighting of assessments, or the changes to labs or fieldwork, had the effect of making visible the intentionality in teaching, the deliberate everyday act of creating a sense of belonging for our students. It's also true that the shift to digital and hybrid wasn't easy. It's been a difficult transition 
and almost made teaching feel unfamiliar. But the increase in difficulty also revealed the artfulness. It exposed the nuts and bolts, leaving us with new questions. Professor Hardy again. What is it that we should be learning from this? And I think we are all learning from this, actually. Um, and, and how can we take that and use that um, for you know when, when we're back in a more stable situation, mm. whatever that might be?